Welcome to the Enjoy Your Marriage podcast, where relationship expert and master coach Candace Toon helps you stop wondering if you married the wrong guy and start putting all of your energy toward having the marriage you imagined when you said, I do. Sup, bees? You might have heard me say that before I became coach, I wore lots of other helping professional type hats, one of which was school counselor in the public school system. I worked at multiple schools at various grade levels, sometimes with students in the mainstream school settings, other times with students working in alternative programs. Regardless of school setup, I continually ran into one complaint that always struck me as strange. It came from teachers, from parents, sometimes from the students themselves. Always came with a tone of derision and disgust as well. What was it? Some version of, that kid's just trying to get attention. People would roll their eyes and shake their heads as they said this to me. They always seemed to expect that I'd commiserate and join them in their condemnation. Attention-seeking is so obviously something to squash, after all. Except, why? Humans are a social species. Of course we want attention from each other. That desire is one of the primordial forces that drives all of human nature. So I never quite got why the school system was so bent on stamping it out. I actually don't think it's possible or desirable to stamp out attention-seeking behavior because humans are wired to bid for each other's attention. We're programmed to collaborate and share resources so it's easier to stay alive. Our souls thrive on connection, acceptance, and social reinforcement. In fact, the human species would actually cease to exist if no one ever tried to grab anyone else's attention because... An attention grab of some kind is the very first step down the road towards creating a baby. You with me? Then why are many of us so bugged when people around us want our attention? I've thought about this a lot over my career and I've come to believe that it's always one of two things. First, most of us are unconsciously playing a zero-sum game when it comes to attention, meaning that on some level we believe that there's a finite amount of attention and also not enough to go around. If we give attention somewhere, then it means there's less for us or less for other things that matter to us. Thoughts like that turn attention into a scarce commodity. And our brains instinctively protect and conserve scarce commodities, which can come out as us trying to shut down other people's attention-seeking behavior. If they get attention, then we won't. And since we are a social species that thrives on attention from others, our brains aren't having any of that. Our brains won't let us give away something that our brain sees as precious and limited because the brain's job is to keep us alive. Second, on some level, many of us believe that we have to give attention whenever someone makes a bid. This is another version of my thought from the last episode. Someone else's choices can limit yours, which we know is a lie. In particular, women often get social messages that suggest they must be in service of others at all times and in all things and in all places without personal choice or exception. Women are taught, sometimes indirectly and sometimes to their faces, that their value comes from the service they offer to others. So it makes sense if, on some level, a request for attention feels more like a command than an option to you. Great news is, left to its own devices, the human brain gets things wrong a fair amount of the time. The brain moves quickly and sometimes assumes things are true when there's actually room for interpretation. Remember that? So if you find yourself bugged by your husband's quote-unquote attention-seeking behavior, check in with yourself to see if you're believing that either there's not enough attention to go around 
or you have to give attention whenever he asks for it. If those rules are rattling around in your head, it makes a lot of sense that you're bugged. No one wants to go without their share and no one likes their choices to be taken away. More great news, those, again, quote unquote rules are really just suggestions that your brain is offering as it's trying to make sense of the world and help you navigate your relationships effectively. Your brain is really just tossing up ideas. How about this? Would this work? What do you think of that? Then the human part of you is supposed to do the job of purposely sorting through all of that and deciding which rules to live by. Maybe there's plenty of tension to go around. Maybe you're totally capable of getting all the attention you need. Maybe you don't have to give your attention anytime it's asked for. Maybe you can decide where to place your focus all day, every day. Maybe everyone will get what they want and need when you do. How does it feel to hear me say all of that? If you're breathing deeper and more freely now, that's pretty common. How nice for you that you gave yourself the gift of slowing down your brain long enough to see where there's opportunity to give you some more room in your own life. Whew. Most people don't know that there's plenty of attention to go around or that they are fully in charge of where to spend their own attention. As we already discussed, most people unconsciously think there's a finite amount of attention in the world and most people, especially women, believe that they have to give their attention whenever it's bid for. None of which is true. And that's why attention-seeking behavior, you can't see my air quotes, gets such a bad rap. It's why the school system tends to try to shut it down. And you probably know where I'm going with this, and yep, we don't just do it at school. I often see wives try to shut their husband's attention-seeking behavior down. And many women try to shut down their own desire for attention as well. It happens all over the place, and it doesn't really work because humans are wired to are not wired to live solitary lives. We just aren't. So if you want your husband to leave you alone while you're working or reading or trying to sleep, consider telling him so with love and then purposefully identifying times when you are willing to give him attention. And if you aren't willing to give him attention at all, that's your chance to get super curious about why. You probably have a very good reason. And you probably aren't letting yourself listen to that reason because you might have internalized the quote-unquote rule that you're supposed to give attention whenever it's asked for, so we can't even look at the reason why you aren't, because it's not quote-unquote allowed. This dynamic might show up most obviously in the bedroom, but I'm not just talking sexual attention here. The concept applies in every room of the house and every space on the planet. Your attention is yours to give or not. And when you try on this idea, it'll probably seem a little less urgent for him to stop wanting your attention. When you can truly say yes or no, when you give yourself that permission, his asking for your attention is no longer as big of a problem. And if he stopped asking altogether for your attention, let's be honest, bees. That's just a different and probably more dire kind of problem. Let's take me and my husband again. He loves talking about politics and... I don't. I used to hate that he wanted to talk about his podcast and news stories all the time. Now I think it's kind of cute. What's the difference? I now know that I can opt in or out to those conversations without making the length of the conversation mean anything about me, him, or our relationship. Of course he wants to share his interests with me. I'm very cool and I have insightful things to say, obviously. And sometimes I just don't want to. And in those moments I say something like, I want to talk to you, but not right now. Can we pick this up at dinner? Or I might say, 
I have a hard stop in 10 minutes. You're welcome to talk to me about this until then. I say both things with love and I smile because I'm not thinking he shouldn't be asking for my attention. Why is he even here? Because I'm not thinking that I can say all of these limits that I have with love and then I follow through on them. I say no for now and then I really do pick it up at dinner or I cut him off as I promised I would at the 10 minute mark. This wasn't always easy. It was actually pretty stressful when I first started doing it. Felt weird to me and to him, but it feels so much more honest now. I want him to want my attention. Of course I do, especially when I know I can give it or not without any consequence. He chooses me for connection in all the ways I want him to. Then I choose when and how I'm willing to reciprocate and he does the same. I seek his attention because I care about him and I want him in my life. But sometimes he doesn't text me back right away. Sometimes he's too tired to talk or he's really distracted by work. And sometimes he says, not now, babe. That stung at first because of what I made it mean. I wasn't important. He was losing interest, but none of that was actually true. He's just a human deciding where to assign his attention. He's doing his best to communicate with me about when he's available and when another time would be better. I don't call myself needy or clingy if I feel sad when he does that. Of course I want him to pay attention to me. He's my husband. That's the gig. And when he's got other things happening, I remind myself that I'm still totally capable of getting the attention I want. I've got friends, my journal, God, my family, so many options. I'm a human wired to seek attention. So is husband. And there's nothing wrong with that. When he pouts or complains, which he might when I don't give him the attention he wants, I can offer understanding. I do want him to want my attention and it can't happen right now. That sucks for him. It makes sense why he's disappointed. I really am quite awesome. And I'll always come back around to him after carpool or coaching or whatever it is that is important to me in that exact moment when I can't pay attention to him. Same thing goes in reverse. Of course, I want him to pay attention to me. It'd be really weird if I didn't care about connecting with him and probably not a very strong relationship at all. So I make bids all day without calling myself unkind names or making it mean anything when he can't give me the attention that I want in that moment. Attention is going to ebb and flow. It doesn't have to be a problem unless you make it one. Of course, you want attention and it's my opinion that you should get it as often as you want it. And to be clear, I'm definitely not saying that either of you should be allowed to run amok, pulling attention toward yourself in a way that detracts from the other person's needs or safety. That's not it at all. I'm just saying that it's most effective to acknowledge the human need for attention is valid and then figure out how you two can give and receive attention to each other in adaptive ways. Our bids for attention only become maladaptive or problematic when we've starved ourselves or others from getting the attention we really need. And that possibly happened because we've been believing that attention is limited or we've been believing we absolutely have to give it even when we don't want to. Good thing that both of those things are lies. So let's wrap up here with some other lies we tell ourselves about and we tell each other about the totally normal human need for attention. Those lies include comments like, oh, grow up or stop being so sensitive or she's such a drama queen. All of those comments are aimed at shaming people or sometimes we direct them to shame ourselves for wanting to be seen in the world, which makes no sense because of course we all want to be seen. Sometimes we're not good at asking for it in a way that's helpful, but of course we want to be seen. Human brains are wired that way. There's no point in fighting biology, yours or his. So try out answering pouting with patience, whether he's pouting 
or you are, it makes sense. You didn't get the attention you wanted and that kind of hurts. Try out answering moodiness with mildness. I know, honey, that was really hard. I wish I would have been able to spend more time with you too. Instead of, oh my gosh, you're such a jerk. Why can't you just let me have my own space? It makes sense if he's moody because he wanted to be with you and he didn't get that. Consider answering curtness with curiosity. I wonder what's going on for him. What's going on that he wanted to say something so mean? Or what's going on for me that I reacted so strongly? There must be something, there must be some need that isn't being met here for him, for you. And the goal here is to pay attention to what's going on instead of tossing out some shame on you or toward him and hoping that the need for attention will go away because it probably won't. Human beings need attention and you can for sure figure out how to give both of you the kind of attention that feels nurturing and healing for you both. I've seen it happen over and over. I know you can make it happen too. So choose courage, B, and keep on flying. Sup, B? Have you grabbed my book yet? Wife on Purpose is your comprehensive guide on what to start doing today to create the exact marriage you'd love to live in. Head over to CandiceTune.com backslash resources, Candice with an I and Tune with an E, to snag your free e-copy of Wife on Purpose. Happy reading! Happy reading!